This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. All right, welcome back to Drive the Lane. We got a special episode today. Of course, we're going to talk about Ohio State football ahead of a matchup with Wisconsin. But we got two guests on the show today. The first one is the man behind Old Takes Exposed. You've definitely seen his tweets. You definitely follow him on Twitter. Joey, we have like 100 Twitter accounts. We all follow Old Takes Exposed. His real name is Fred Siegel, but we're going to call him OT. And then, <laughs> and then we got an interview with the guy behind the music behind Drive the Lane, Denny, good friend of mine, now a good friend of Joey's. This is a great episode. And of course, it's all presented by Brain Fuel. What is there left to say about Brain Fuel? CJ Stroud looks like he's drinking Brain Fuel. Marvin Harrison Jr. has played a bunch of games at Ohio State. In four of them, he drinks Brain Fuel and gets 100 touchdowns. Brain Fuel boosts your long term efficiency, your focus, your going strong. Guess what? Cup of coffee. Might get you from 8 o'clock to 9 o'clock. At 9.15, you're having the brain fuel to get you through the rest of the day. But it's not just us and C.J. Stroud and Charlie Jones that drink brain fuel. C.J. Stroud, not a brain fuel athlete, but it's not just them. Who drinks it? Who's, who's, who are some big-time brain fuel athletes, Joey? I feel like I at this point I should just give a quick little pause so that somebody – so that the listeners at home can be like, Marcus Smart and Spencer Dimwitty do. You know what I mean? Like So, yeah, so it's, it's Marcus Smart and Spencer Dimwitty. It's Andrew and it's Joey. That's that's who drinks brain fuel. Those are the top four, the Mount Rushmore, most famous people that drink brain fuel. Um, even though Charlie Jones might be jumping over me now because that dude is a freaking stud. Oh my gosh. But anyway, yes, brain fuel. We love brain fuel. Can I make a confession? Make it. I don't drink coffee. I just drink brain fuel. That's a great, that's a, a caffeine fashion. A, a can, I can't even come up with a pun, but it's a caffeine confession. But I will tell you this. If you want to try Brain Fuel or if you've already tried it and, of course, love it, you can get some more at 7-Eleven if you're in Chicago. Or you can go to B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L.com. That's B-R-E-I-N-F-U-E-L.com to get your own Brain Fuel. This stuff is selling out. But you're also going to be able to try Brain Fuel at our live show on November 4th. More on that in the coming weeks. But if you're going to be in Chicago the night before the Ohio State Northwestern game, book your calendar November 4th at the Butcher's Tap. More on that soon. Joey. That was a big announcement we just kind of dropped for the people. No, we said it in prior episodes, but I don't know if we dropped, you know, but the name Butcher's Tap before. Right? We have a location. True. Guests, guests to be determined also. I don't, you're, you're frozen for me. Uh, you were frozen for me. Now you're back. I heard a little bit of what you said. Uh, what the TBD of the TBD is the guests, like you mentioned, that's what we're not going to say now. Um, but I don't think we had dropped the location before, but you just dropped the location. Now we're here. It's at the butcher's tap in Wrigley. We'll be there. You'll be there. Who else is going to be there? You're going to have to come to find out. I'll tell you one that we can absolutely confirm. <laughs> Tyvis will be on the phone. <laughs> oh, for sure. No doubt. No doubt. I'm going to get to see Tyvis this week at the, uh, at the Browns-Steelers game. I don't want to talk any more about NFL. 
outside of that, I will be at the Browns Steelers game. Oh, you don't game. want to talk about the fact that Justin Fields has the least amount of passes attempted by a quarterback in the NFL. I don't want to talk about Garrett Wilson taking a dagger through my heart on Sunday. I said to my dad, I'm like, is it any consolation that it was Garrett He's like, Wilson? Fuck no. Yeah, he said no. And my little brother was like, at least it was Garrett Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, at least it was Garrett Wilson. But um, enough about the Browns. Ohio State football. I mean, they just look unstoppable. But you get the classic people saying they ran up the score. People saying, well, if they it was don't an accident. The- <laughs> right. But also, if you don't run up the score, then everyone's like, you only scored 50 on Toledo. It's like every week Ohio State's in these battles. Yeah. I mean, they're not real battles. It's just Twitter. Yeah, I know. It is just Twitter. I mean, to me, how can- the real battle that I see is like, how is there a better quarterback than CJ Stroud in the country? Who can sit there and go, yep, I want that guy instead of like Bryce Young's great. He won the Heisman, but like he's not as good as CJ Stroud is. Those interceptions. Yeah, I mean, it's just unbelievable. I the 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 only negative that's come out of this Ohio State season so far is the fact that I, Joey Lane, wagered more than I probably should have on both Travion Henderson and Jackson Smith and Jigba. They both are hurt or have been hurt, which at the end of the day, listen, at the end of the day, I'd much rather them be healthy and not win the Heisman than like, like I, I, I care more about them not being healthy than I do them not winning the Heisman. Well, it would be, it would be unlikely. It would be unlikely for them to be hurt and win the Heisman, but I get it. I, that's why, like, I'd rather I, – I, if it was like, okay, they can either like, – like, all right, here you are, Joey. They're hurt. What are you more upset about? It's like, no, I'd rather the guy be healthy than yeah. win the Heisman. So we're, um, we're officially in the, the point of the season where it's like, do you want to beat Wisconsin by a lot and have that be, well, hey, they beat Wisconsin by a lot, or is it better if you play Wisconsin close and then, you know – Hey, Wisconsin's a good team and they beat them. You know, it's, it's, it's officially whatever Ohio state does the opposite of would have been better season. Oh yeah. hundred percent. I mean, that's just classic. Like it's so funny. I used to think like, there's no way there's any bias in the media. There's so much bias. It's like actually hilarious. Like, yeah. Right. Like if Alabama beats Texas by one, it's like, man, what a hard fought game. Texas is so great. Alabama. What a great win. And then when we beat Notre Dame by 11, they're like, well, this isn't, this well, isn't a good Notre Dame team, and Ohio State's really struggling. And- in their defense, Notre Dame then lost to Marshall and, and almost lost to Cal. So that's, that's the one, like, asterisk. But then you got Michigan, who's playing literally the – they have the – I saw this today on Twitter. They have the 131st out of 131 <laughs> easiest strength of schedule. They've played the three worst teams – in college football, one of which Hawaii, I bet on week one. So I know more than, more than the average person how bad Hawaii is. But uh, can we talk briefly, just like because we're not football like analysts, like we just fucking we just talk. But here, like the different phases, right of of the different teams, right every every call it like a department of a company, every position group, right has a nickname. Right, you've got the slobs, the offensive linemen, the rushmen, the defensive linemen, um, except BIA, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Who do you, Andrew, who's been the most impressive so far? Do I have to say like the correct? Sure. I mean, if you know it, I don't know if you know it. Um, I mean, the, the 
wide receiver room, okay, has been – I know that. Zone six. Zone six. Zone six has, has definitely been the most impressive to me because it's the unexpected guys that have really been stepping up. Like, if you would have told me that Stroud would have had 367 yards and five touchdowns and Jackson Smith and Jigga would be on – and Jigma would be on one leg. I would say, all right, Marvin Harrison and Julian Fleming have been, you know, went off in that game, which they did. But like, I feel like they've done better than expected. You know, everyone was like, the defense will be good. Everyone was like, the running back room is stacked. Everyone was like, Jackson Smith and Jigma is the best wide receiver in the country. Everyone knows they can recruit. Everyone knows that they're deep. But also, like, I know this isn't part of what you're saying, but when the NFL Ohio State receivers are doing what they're doing at the same time as the Ohio State wide receivers, it's just like collectively zone six is just incredible. It is actually wild, right? Garrett Wilson, Alave had like 13 targets with like two catches, which is hilarious, but obviously Mike Thomas, obviously, I mean, like the list goes, Justin Fields had a rushing touchdown last night. We don't have to definitely don't have to talk about that. Oh, and Joe Burrow, not a Buckeye anymore. Now that they're owing two. That's right. They stink. <laughs> not a Buckeye. Um, to answer my own question, obviously the wide receivers have been unbelievable. The running backs have been incredible. Whoever you plug in there is doing great. What one thing that we talked about a little bit was like, how about the fact that CJ Stroud doesn't get touched? Like not only does he not get touched, but the running backs can do whatever they want. Like the offensive linemen have been unbelievable. Like Paris Johnson's going to be a top 10 pick. Did you see the Paris Johnson TikTok? He's so funny. He's so big. Did you see the one I'm talking about though? I think so. It's like when you're dating a football player and he like walks in and he's like, yeah, like, I don't know if you know this, but like I played the Rose Bowl. Like, <laughs> like he's like Jackson and, and CJ broke all those records, but like I blocked for him. So like I broke all those records too. <laughs> it's, it's really funny. Yeah, so, I mean, he's been unbelievably impressive. Uh, the one th- area of improvement is the is the Tyvis Powell area, which is, like, the defensive backs. I think Jim Knowles' whole thing is they're willing to give up a couple of huge plays a game, but they know, number one, that they're going to outscore the other team, and number two, that the style of play is conducive to give up some of the big plays, which is yeah. okay, but it, put, it seems like, like – the, the Toledo quarterback just threw one up to oblivion. He was uh, tremendous. Um, but he just threw one up there. And, like, our quarterbacks, like, I, I was so confused. And the wide receiver just landed in his lap. Yeah. Like, Denzel, Denzel Burke has all the pressure in the world on him. Like, he's supposed to be the next great cornerback for Ohio State, which is great. But, like, I don't know. I'm interested. I feel like that could be the downfall, maybe, if there's one nitpick. Well, the, the problem is, and I don't want to get too far away from the Toledo quarterback because I have two things about that, but when you're playing, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Michigan, et cetera, if you give up a big play, you're not guaranteed to score 11 of 13 possessions like you are against Toledo, which we kind which they saw in the Notre Dame game, which was like, hey, your offense is really good, but you're not scoring every single possession, which happened in the Notre Dame game. But then I saw, I saw some article today. It wasn't, it wasn't Jardy, but it might've been the Columbus dispatch that said, no, it definitely wasn't Jardy, but it might've been the Columbus dispatch. It was like CJ Stroud's unbelievable best quarterback in the country, but the way the Toledo quarterback played, like you got to wonder what a dual threat quarterback like that would look like in this system. And I didn't read, I didn't go through and read the whole article, but like, 
what Justin Fields like two years ago was. And it was a Heisman candidate. But also, did you see the crowd? Obviously, you saw this. The crowd erupt on Stroud's little like eight-yard scramble. Yeah, fuck everybody. (laughs) (laughs) That was very funny. Like when Ben Simmons shoots a three. It is like when Ben Simmons shoots a three. Um, Yeah, I like that he – all you got to do is show show that you got it. You know what I mean? Like, you you ain't got to bring it out all the time, but show that you can do it, which he did. And, uh, man, I I mean, like, we got to talk a little bit about the Wisconsin game because the two guests we have on, it's not necessarily the same type of interview. Um, It'll be interesting. I'll be there. First game this year. That'll be exciting. I have tickets. I'm going with my good friend, Matthew McPartland, who, if he's listening, then shout out to him. Um, It's going to be quite the bros day. We're going to wake up, golf, come home, change, go to tailgates, go to the game, probably end up at the casino. Like, it's just going to be the ultimate bro day, which will be a blast. So, you mentioned the the cornerbacks. Um, Graham Mertz has been solid, okay? He's only got six touchdowns on the year through three games. But it's their running game that yeah. is really good. You they know? have a 14-year-old running back. Right. They're starting running backs averaging 110 yards per game. He's got five touchdowns on the season already. But the D-line is, like, more where Ohio State's comfortable with. So that's good. But then it also could be, like, gut-wrenching and, like, a real big punch if they do break a big run. You know, that it's like that's what we're relying on. So – I'm My just, prediction, you go, you go, you go. I was just going to say, I'm just a little afraid because the recipe, right, is to have a really good running back, feed him the ball, take keep the ball out of C.J. Stroud's hands. Obviously, that's what Wisconsin does every year, and they're going to do it this year because Notre Dame did it, and it worked for a half, like worked for three quarters, really. So, yeah. it'll and be interesting. I'm not, I'm not yeah. nervous because Wisconsin's not a better team, and it's at home, and yeah, it's at night, and it's a blackout. Don't forget, Andrew, I got to wear black. I don't. It's a 17 and a half point line, and neither of us want to end up on uh, old takes exposed as we're about to have him join the show. He's in the waiting room. But um, line is 17 and a half. I'd like to see that come down a little bit before I feel comfortable. They're, they're covering. But they should cover. 17 and a half is a lot, especially when, you know, could be over early, just kind of a couple big plays here and there. But my official prediction, Ohio State wins by 21. I, I'm, I'm in on that. I like a uh, I like a 42-14. Like a 42-14. All right. I like it. I think uh, I think lower scoring than we think. Like I think like a like a 35-10 type game, which is similar to what you're saying, just one touchdown off but like i don't think it's just going to be every single time ohio state touches the ball they can march down the field and score i don't know i think wisconsin kind of stinks we'll see what happens we will see but i had the, best, wanna... I had the best gambling week of my life by the way and we're not even going to talk about talk it. about that at the exit because in the exit we also need to talk about that the Bronny james dream might already be over but that's all coming that's all coming at the end of the episode. Stick. I got the inside, inside scoop on that, too. Here comes our two interviews. First with Fred Siegel from Old Takes Exposed. All right, joining us now on Drive the Lane, the man behind Old Takes Exposed, Fred Siegel. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. We're, we're excited, Fred. We're, we're an Ohio State-themed sports podcast. All right. All right. Sounds good. And, 
and as we've as we've kind of alluded to already and this is a little bit unique a little different and we're excited to to have someone with the the social media expertise like yourself you know the classic question that we got to start with is how did old takes exposed come about like what is the uh, how, how in the world did you think of an idea like this well, yeah, I started it in like 2015 as a counter to sports media, people reposting their accurate predictions with self-congratulatory messages. I said to myself, if someone should be the person to repost the tweets and quotes, where some of the same media folks turned out to be dead wrong. And I just became that person. And it was it was by accident. I didn't I, I really meant to do it just for fun to mess with them not to become like a big, huge account. Is there anyone specifically that was like, all right, this guy is a repeat offender, like when you first started doing it? Well, you know, it all depends. Um, it's hard to say who does it the most because it's difficult to choose that particular, it's difficult to answer that question given that there's many like prominent people who like probably have a lot of cold takes whose takes aren't frequently memorialized or documented and thus like a substantial amount of their ill-fated predictions evade ridicule because say they're like on the radio locally like no one listens to the entire show the people who listen to the entire show aren't going to like write down everything they say so you know guys like but on the other hand guys like colin cowherd or or Nick Wright, everything they say, they have this uh, social media team who will post it and um, post the quote and the video of them saying it. So by the end of the day, they have like five more hot takes in the catalog for people to search and find. So those guys will always be on a lot because of the availability of their takes. So it's hard to say, but yeah, there's a lot of people who who like who are more leaning towards the outrageous not the outrageous they're just more the provocative um and the things that they say and and how bold they are and they don't really care if they're wrong i think so those guys will probably be on more yeah so let me ask you this when does just a normal take turn into a hot take is it the way they say it is it the person that says it what what qualifies a hot take uh, i think like a general definition like the general definition of a hot take would be something that is a little bit skewed from the uh, a normal line of thinking or the, the or the maybe the prevailing thought of something and but it's it's something that uh like people will say well, whoa hey yeah yeah that's really kind of like what a hot take is generally speaking but from you know my radar something that someone says it's very like bold and is just no there's no way out of it um it just is straightforward and like has a little cockiness towards it maybe it's some snark you know like something like that where if they're wrong they, it'll be funny <laughs> not just like um you know i have I have Clemson versus Ohio State in the playoffs, and then Ohio State wins or something like that. Like that's not funny. Like <laughs> you gotta have, you gotta have no chance. Ohio State beats Clemson, right? Something like that, you know? Yeah. So I I sent you to stick with the Ohio State theme. 
I sent you J.K. Dobbins basically telling Rappaport to shut up. He was going to be ready for, <laughs> right, right. Ready for week one. So sticking with that theme of, you know, early college football, early NFL, what are some of the, you know, takes that you've already seen come to fruition that now are officially, you know, cold takes? Well, a lot of stuff in the beginning of the season, it's really annoying for me is, is the validation using a game to validate uh, to validate something that you believe or you or and to discredit someone's take one game and it usually happens at the beginning of the season well there's a bunch of guys who you know, may not have looked good in the first game or look good in the first game and all the takes that are being said about them now the next game they look bad and and is back so let's say uh in nfl like tua tua's first game i mean he wasn't even bad his first game but everyone watches two is one of these guys who i'm a huge dolphins guy but two is one of these guys like every single throw he makes is judged yeah. and scrutinized so People watch him and just right, and then so for like the first six quarters, he wasn't. He was just the same as he was last year, which it is unspectacular. Like he's, a, but then he he's like five touchdowns in the second half against the Ravens and came back and won and six total touchdowns. And now, now Tua is has arrived to these people. So not only do they want to discredit the previous takes, but now they want, they're making their own takes about how two is great. He's really great. So yeah, I got to keep my eye on that type of thing, but that's the type of thing that happens at the beginning of the season. And you also can get stuff like, like Josh Allen, Josh Allen's one of these guys who's amazing, but like the first game where you look great up, uh, nobody's stopping the bills. That's what you got to keep an eye on. That. You got to keep an eye on nobody's stopping the bills. Okay. You'll see these things like, okay, you got the bills in the Super Bowl. Who are they playing? You know, that type of stuff is stuff you keep your eye on right away. Uh, Florida. I'm a Florida alum. And there was just the quarterback, which you know, I can show you. I texted my dad. I go, this guy is so flawed, but he has great plays. This is, this is something that you'll see in um, social media. A guy who makes great, ridiculous plays. And that's what Florida's quarterback does. Anthony Richardson, he has some, some amazing plays. In three years, he's made about 10 <laughs> un unbelievable plays. You put them all on a highlight, you're like, this guy's amazing. And he had a couple of them against Utah, but he's a terrible decision maker and he's not accurate. And I knew that. I said, to my, I said to my father, I said, like, this game, I'm worried about the quarterback because he just doesn't, he doesn't read the game very well. And he just makes a lot of great plays and everyone sees it. So, I mean, he plays, he's played horrible the past two games. So all the stuff that's being used the pre first game is now everyone talking about how he's next bit young and all that is <laughs> trying to be tagged for now is, is, is already discredited, but I can't use that yet because like he can come back just like, <laughs> yeah. it's so hard. You got to wait till the whole season's over, but that's the type of stuff that happens. So you can't really discredit anything right now. Um, I have a lot of Arizona takes for six quarters of their games, you know, Arizona Cardinals, stuff like that. Um, so Ohio State, you know, it's so obvious Ohio State is nothing, is not Bama or Georgia this year. I've seen a couple of those because of the first two games, 
right? <laughs> Alabama is not, I mean, what, what the, we don't want to. Right, right, right. The same, but right. yeah, yeah, Alabama doesn't even look like, um, well, they played their one game. Yeah. Yeah, their one game, and then Georgia's two games. Georgia's already surpassed them. They're the new Alabama. Yeah. And they're going to win the title. That type of stuff, right. So, now, Alabama used to get that credibility. Yeah. Like, you'd say, okay, they're still going to be good because they earned it, like, from the past, right? Um, yeah. When, when you brought up Anthony Richardson, my, like, favorite – so, I, we listen to part of my take a lot. Obviously, you have a relationship with those guys because they're always um, – Yeah. They are very much old takes exposed. They're a walking old takes exposed. But, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Hank Hank crowned Anthony Richardson uh, the Heisman right. player, and then and then now, they, now he's the worst quarterback. Because Hank, Hank probably didn't watch the entire game, right? <laughs> like you see the good plays, and 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 I think those guys are epitomize um, just like they are the. I don't think that they make any bones about that they're like experts or anything. They're like the casual fan, or like the, they're the big fans who who watch every game all at once, and and react to the big thing and just like all of us do and 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 don't really think about that type of thing and that's the type of stuff that goes on you know and anthony richards is a perfect twitter guy because he just show those clips of all those great plays that he's had and it's like but he he makes a really dumb passes a lot oh god yeah so yeah so i think that that kind of toned down after the second game but um my 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 last question for you, and I feel like you've gotten you've definitely gotten this question before in in a wide variety of different ways it's been asked. And you have your book out now, so I definitely want you to talk about that. But like, how do you make money from this? Which I'm sure you've been asked uh, times. Well, hustle. I mean, and you don't really make that much from Twitter. So you gotta do it through Instagram, really. And you got to find ways to. So the biggest way to make money is um, you have to have some sort of thing that you're promoting. So you promote other stuff, whether it's uh, you know, people pay you to do read or pay you to post something on Instagram. But then it's um, you like there are websites that get per clicks, right? They get per click links, and um, and then you get a percentage, like how many people click a certain article, how many clicks you could drive to their thing. So you post these articles and nothing to do with freezing cold takes or anything. You just post them and they're provocative or whatever about sports or God knows what, and the amount of people that click them. So you promote, you can constantly promote, and you cre- kind of create other sites. So once you have one big site, you can kind of make your own. Like I have one about sports clips where I post all these sports clips from back in the day historical sports clips but like i can make i can get a lot of people to follow those because i'll just say follow sports clips from my freezing cold take account and then you know that's a lot of people to to show it to so you keep doing that back and forth it's a big hustle and you're always trying to look for more people to do things and it's not very lucrative so um if you want to be just that guy then then, then go ahead. But there's other ways, I guess. I mean, you, you can be, I, I think you probably make more money being like YouTube guy who makes mm-hmm. YouTube content yeah. is where it's at. But that you have to do original content. Like you can't, I don't think you can make a lot of money being the YouTube guy. I don't think you're going to be paying or you're going to be allowed to just post clips of things that already are 
that's like from CBS, you know, um, and make money off of it. So you have to make like your own clips. And uh, like, I, I guess I'm a 41. I, I just I don't have it down, you know, like the way to talk. People where you just talk to the computer. <laughs> like the my son is 10 and he is 12 and he watches all these guys. They talk to the computer. And he thinks they're very funny. I don't think they're very funny, but he thinks they're like these words and talk about this different thing. And I don't know. So you, you can do that. But right, sports isn't necessarily the biggest money making niche in that regard. Um, so, but it, it, it can, it, you, you can make money off of it. And then you I have a following to get out. I mean, I always wanted to do the book. So, yeah, that's tell, like, tell us writing about a book is like, I mean, it's not, you're not getting paid the, uh, I mean, at least to start, you're not getting paid um, a good hourly rate. I'll tell you. <laughs> so I mean, compared to what, how much time you spend on it. But uh, yeah, the book was, it was an idea that I wanted to do for a long, long time. And it's essential, but it's not in necessarily a, um, it's not necessarily a, it's essentially, uh, it's not an extension of the feed. So it is chapters and um, most of it is, it's kind of just like, uh, it's like um, an encyclopedia of inaccurate predictions and commentary about some of the great teams and players in NFL history. There's like, I have over a thousand citations. There's uh, 500 sources. It's separated into different chapters. Some discuss events like NFL draft. I have one chapter that lists just like a plethora of quotes from media members of, about players in the draft throughout the years. And I mean, that's really the only chapter is like an extension of the feed. But most of them highlight a specific team in a specific time period. For instance, there's like a chapter on the Cowboys dynasty in the 90s, dating back to when Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson came on board. And there's so many examples of proclamations about the Herschel Walker trade and, and Troy Aikman's struggles to start his career. And a few people who pond, pondered trading uh, Aikman when Burline was there over. You know, there's a few chapters on the Patriots. There's one that focuses on January 2000, starting when Bill Belichick quit as the Jets head coach one day after the job. And then Patriots hired him later in the month. And it was just a big, everyone was completely shitting on that. There's one about the Packers using commentary for when they hired Holmgren and traded for Brett Favre and signed Reggie White and all the cold takes surrounding that. So it's really kind of just like about that. I went from the 49ers and the Giants. So it's a lot of research and it really just gives the context of what was going on when people said that. And there's a lot of history there and a lot of things that I think people who are reading it wouldn't know about, would find out a lot of different fun facts about certain things along with reading about the cold takes. Well, the book is called Freezing Cold Takes, NFL, Football Media's Most Inaccurate Predictions and the Fascinating Stories Behind Them, written by Fred Siegel, who just joined us on the show. If somehow you're not one of the 602,000 people following at Old Takes Exposed, you need to do so. It's great content. I will not be shocked if one of Joey or eyes or drive the lanes tweets end up on there soon because we definitely will be tweeting that Ohio state will win the national championship. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like they're out and they're not Georgia this year. It's so obvious. 
that's the easiest stuff. The beginning of the year stuff is like, it's just so easy. Like you just watch a player team just start doing really well. And it's just, it's just indicative of their whole team. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think when it's going to be better, like more stuff come along when it's like a 12 team playoff, it's just like, no, no team's going to be out of it. Uh, absolutely. So it's like uh, a team loses a game. They're going to talk so much. Well, oh, that's the end of them, you know, but then they could easily just make the playoffs and win. <laughs> exactly. Well, we, we appreciate you coming on. We'll be looking out for your stuff and uh, hope you get some, hope you get some bad takes sent to you. The rest. Yeah, well, thanks so much. Thanks man. Thanks, man. Take care. Take care. All right, join us now on Drive the Lane, the man behind the music, the intro, the outro, Denny himself. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, boys. How are we doing? Phenomenal. I, I think a pretty good nickname for you would be the intro. I mean, I, I've, I would assume that Denny is already some sort of nickname, right? But like oh, the yeah. intro is like, that's quite the name for someone in music. The intro. That is pretty solid, honestly. The only problem is that, like, you know, the age-old saying is, like, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. So I would need to work my way around that. Well, eventually you would go from the intro to the main event to the outro. Okay. <laughs> I like that. To the encore. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, to the yeah. encore. Ooh. I like that. I'd have to talk about talk to Eminem about that one, but I like where you guys are at. That's just, how it's going to say. To stick to the theme of intro, outro, encore, we're going to go a little intro with Denny. We're going to hear about his music career, what mm-hmm. he's up to. And then he's a big NFL fan, like all the listeners out there, like us. We're going to talk about the week three NFL games, and we may even tell you who's going to win the Monday night football games that are happening now and be wrong <laughs> about it and be on Old Takes Exposed, which was the previous interview <laughs> for it to all come full circle. But Denny, the floor is yours. What do you have cooking now? What was your most recent release? What's coming soon? Let's hear it. Uh, so the most recent release was uh, Situation. If you guys follow me on the uh, Instagram, you saw me doing a lot of these. whole premise behind that song was kind of like a, a Goodfellas kind of feeling. I'm sure a lot of your viewers have seen that movie. It's real, you know, real good old school gangster movie. Um, but I referenced uh, Ray Liotta, my last song before that. This one I referenced Joe Pesci, so it really fits well. And I've actually... I'm about to, I put on my story today, big announcement tomorrow, but I'll just go ahead and give you guys the full t- uh, detail of it. We got music video dropping Friday. It was Ooh. shot by my good buddy Dawson and also my brother Drew. And then this dude, Clay, who's actually from Como, did the editing on it. It's about to be crazy. You're going to see me popping out of the trunk of this old cutlass in the middle of nowhere in the, in the middle of the night. And then boom comes out in the daytime and it's mainly just a song about like you know we all got bullshit that we're dealing with in our lives we got some rough patches you just kind of gotta you know dust yourself off pick yourself up and just keep on moving into the next thing so that's uh what we got going um been sitting on this video for a little bit and i'm excited to get it out and then kind of just go with more singles throughout the rest of the year well we're excited to see it um you know i gotta pick your brain a little bit music wise Who's your inspiration? You know, we talked about it. We kind of alluded to maybe one guy earlier, but who who are some of your inspirations? Who's some of your favorites? Who are you listening to now? Give us give us the inside scoop. Gotcha. Um, I mean, it really all started 
back as a child, I have never been a good sleeper. So I would be up at, you know, two, three, four in the morning watching MTV, MTV music videos, you know, back when they actually did that. So like the first two I ever remember were watching Kanye All Falls Down and then Eminem uh, with D12 and my band, two classics. But I'll actually go ahead and show you guys the real inspos for me as, you know, being a white Jewish rapper. This guy, Mac, has a big influence and then also Biggie. Two of my favorite rappers, and you know, RIP to them. Shout out to their families. Uh, but so I, you know, you got Pittsburgh doing well, waving their terrible towels for Mac right now. They didn't do too well yesterday, but it's hard to beat the Patriots. So, uh, yeah, those are two of the big influences. Obviously, I think a lot of us growing up in our age group had a lot of influence from Mac, so he's a big one of that. In a little bit about what you were posting, saw you you were performing a little over a week ago. Do you have an upcoming show on the schedule? So actually, I was supposed to have a show this Friday, but it got pushed back to a later date that is still to be determined. Um, but last week, I was actually involved in this thing called Master Camp. Uh, there's a big artist in St. Louis. His name is Mastermind. He's very connected throughout the city. His current job, actually, he's the... So we're getting a new uh, MLS team next year. Shout out STL City FC. Hell of a name. That's a mouthful. Um, <laughs> right. It's a lot. I think we're just going by city, which sounds a little bit better. I don't know why soccer teams don't have like, you know, real names that often doesn't, it blows my mind. But aside from that, he, his job title with them is like the essential, essentially like the music curator for game day experience. Um, so that's one of the things he's connected with in the city. He put on a essentially like an artist boot camp last week got 45 local St. Louis artists ranging from, you know, singers, songwriters, producers, um, actual like visual artists, uh, got us all together in this little boot camp and then had us all perform throughout the weekend. So I was performing at this uh, event called Music at the Intersection. It was a big uh, event and festival in St. Louis is big blues, R&B, rap kind of thing. So I was able to meet a bunch of artists around town trying to, you know, kind of able to network and connect with all of them, which is really cool. Um, and then, but going forward, so I was supposed to have one set, uh, Friday, but I actually do have another, uh, little appearance on Saturday. Um, I have a good buddy who has been working remotely even before COVID started, but he's a very adventurous kind of guy. So he, throughout the last three years has built, uh, a home out of a converted old school bus. Um, so he has a account. If you guys want to follow him, a pretty cool guy. His name's Jonathan. Is an account called Home on the Highway. So he's throwing himself a going away slash housewarming party on Saturday. He's got DJs, this cool band called Post Sex Nachos, uh, actually a Como band. You might have heard of them. Um, and then, you know, Chaboy is going to uh, play a couple songs and spit a little bit on the mic. So that's what's up and coming. And then, you know, a couple of things that are under wraps for the, for the fall and winter, and hopefully they'll come to fruition sooner than later. For everybody who's conf as confused as I am, Como is Columbia, Missouri. Yes, sir. <laughs> Which, I, it always takes me like an extra second to be like, Como, Columbia, Missouri. I'm dealing. Oh, yeah. with, I got no idea what's going on with all these Mizzou people in this in this <laughs> in this in this podcast. But Danny, that's great. We love your music. Obviously, we're excited for you. We'll be tuned in. But this is a sports right. show at the end of the day. That's so fair. Some sports before we let you go here. <laughs> of course. Um, who who's impressive? Who do you like? What like, give us the Denny rundown of the state of the NFL right now? 
state of the NFL, I mean, there's a bunch of dogs out there. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I mean, going off of just guys that I think are standouts so far, I mean, Cooper Rush, you know, big dog right now. <laughs> that big win over the defending AFC champs. Uh, I don't know. I mean, we were – I'm in a pick em group. Um, so the way our group works, there's 23 of us in there, $100 buy-in. Are we allowed to talk gambling on here? Is that okay? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so – Every week, you know, whoever has the most correct picks against the spread wins their money back for that week. And then at the end, there's obviously a running tally and they get a first and second place thing. So we were saying today with our group, like week two is damn near harder to pick than week one. Because week one, you got to just rely off of last last year for the most part, you know, the additions and subtractions for each team. But then the tough part about week two is like you think some of these teams are dog shit and some are hot. Can I cost? Sorry about that. Yes, yeah, you're good. I, I am a rapper. So, you know, it's There's just, no uh, rules. Oh, hell yeah. Let me take my shirt off. No, <laughs> I don't want to see that. Um, but like, you know, week two is even harder because you got these teams you think that, you know, one and oh, they're starting out well or oh and one and like, oh, these guys stink. Like, just look at the Cardinals uh, Raiders game yesterday. Like after, you know, first half football, you think, oh, man, what the hell is Kyler doing? These guys stink. And then boom, they come back. And now the Cardinals are damn near like, you know, top of the NFC West because the Seahawks, come on, those guys stink. Niners, they look good now, though, with Jimmy G. I'll be honest, I might have lost my uh, matchup yesterday if Trey Lance didn't get hurt. Um, and then uh, who else? The Rams. I mean, fuck the Rams. I'm from St. Louis, so never will like those guys ever again. Um, and, uh, and I don't like Seattle just because, you know, they're sitting our boy Drew. Like, do you know Smith? Who's that guy? Put Drew in. <laughs> Put Drew in. Let Drew cook. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go through, there's a lot of games this week. We're still no buys because it's only week three. So I've picked three games that are of relevancy to one, if not two, if not three of us, we're going to talk about those three games. Then we're going to get you out of here. Danny, the first one, Mm -hmm. Thursday night, Browns Steelers. A lot of our listeners are Browns fans. We ran a poll today. They were the number one team that our followers cheer for. I, of mm-hmm. course, am a big Browns fan. I'm going to be at that Browns game Thursday oh, night. Yeah. Steelers. Browns are getting five at home. Joey, Danny, Danny, we'll start with you. Who you like in that one? Uh, Browns, Steelers, uh, Browns are getting five. Um, I mean, I'll, I would take the Browns in that just because, I mean, it's been a lackluster start to the season. And, you know, I mean, in the dog pound, you got to like that on Thursday night. They'll be, they'll be fired up. Give the ball to Nick, give the ball to Kareem, maybe toss one up to Amari, and I think the Browns will get it done. Let Nick chub. Yes, exactly. Let him chub. <laughs> uh, my my initial reaction is like Mike Tomlin as an underdog. Let me just pick them straight up money line to win. But then mm-hmm. I realized they 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 were they were all, <laughs> they were underdogs against the Patriots and the Patriots won and covered. So Mm-hmm. I'll say Browns in a blowout. <laughs> All right. That's, I like it. Um, I am going to say Browns win close because I've never seen a Browns blowout. Don't think it exists. <laughs> um, so literally the one blowout I can think of was they blew out the Bengals last year. And then two years ago, they were blown out the Titans and the Titans ended up coming back in the Browns, like one by four and they were up 30. So doesn't happen. Um, I think when moving on, we got the Bears at home against the Texans. Some Bears fans in here because of Justin Fields. Oh, and I of bet. Course, Joey is a Bears fan. 
So, Joey, we'll start with you with that one. Bears minus two and a half at home against the Texans. If the Bears don't win this game, we got to push the panic button. Not like not like they're supposed to – not like they're, not the panic button like they're contenders, but panic button like, what the fuck are we doing? Like, <laughs> like we, the Texans looked so unbelievably bad last week. Davis Mills is their starting quarterback. Like, like I, I just – I. If Justin Fields doesn't throw the ball 30 times, well, I mean, maybe not in that game because hopefully they're doing well, but it's like Justin Fields has half as many passes this year as Joe Flacco. Like, what? what is happening? Like, I just don't get it. If Justin Fields loses to Davis Mills, we got a problem. I agree. And I, I will be the last person in Chicago to say Justin Fields is not the guy, but I will take a step towards Justin Fields not being the guy if we don't beat the Texans. Danny? I mean, I, I, I got to first off put a stop to this Dougie Mills disrespect. I mean, he went, you know, they, they took care of business against Matty Ice, Jonathan Taylor. They tied. They took care yeah, of I mean, for the Texans, that's taking care of business, in my opinion. <laughs> and then yesterday they go into Denver, the home opener for the Broncos, and they almost did it to Russ. You know, he, I mean, I think the Texans are a little bit of that sleeper. I mean, the whole AFC South is kind of not good. But, you know, I would say – there's a chance they could get it done, but I, li- I do like the Bears at home pretty much all the time unless they're uh, playing against the Packers. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Um, if they give that ball to Montgomery a lot, then I think they'll be solid. They they were running over, all, oh, running over the Packers a little bit yesterday when they were really uh, feeding Montgomery, I feel like. And then the last game I got, Danny, starting with you, mm-hmm. your beloved Rams on the road oh. against the Cardinals. <laughs> Rams minus four. What do you like? Um, in these ones, I like as much as I don't like the Rams anymore. Even going back to St. Louis, we always played the Cardinals well. Always played the honestly, they they just always played the division well. Um, I you know last thing I remember is watching Gurley run all over him. R.I.P. Todd. Not really. He's he's alive, but you know, short <laughs> career. But we saw the beginning of it in St. Louis. He was running pretty wild. Um, and I don't know McVeigh against uh, Kingsbury, I'd probably take McVay every time. So, yeah, I like the Rams in that one. I'll just take the over. I'll take the- <laughs> I would take the over as well. It's only 50. Oh, that could work. I feel like I'll that could be another one. second over. half alone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like it could be one of those, like, slow first halves, and then, boom, there's, like, trading touchdowns in the third and fourth. Danny, I don't know how closely you watched the Raiders-Cardinals game, but – Having the Cardinals um, to cover in that game was insane. Oh, I had it. It was great. <laughs> I pulled my I pulled my calf. I got so excited. <laughs> I didn't do all that, but I do have uh, I did have Zach Ertz who was just chugging away at some yards, and then I got Hollywood on my bench. So that was cool to see. But I, I've always had a soft spot for the Cardinals being the St. Louis guy. All right. Well, Denny, before we get you out of here, we got to wrap this up how we always do. You're a okay. fan of the show, so you obviously know how this works. Basically, and, you know, you, you're good at performing, but maybe you mm-hmm. haven't asked too many questions. But what we like to do is we like to turn the tables on you, and you become the interviewer. Oh, and God. you can ask any questions that you have for us. And it is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, Brain Fuel. Brain Fuel and Denny work together to bring you Drive the Lane. Now, Denny, do you have any questions for us? Um, I will ask the Joey a preliminary question. Where did you go to school? Ohio State. 
Oh, wow. All right. So that's definitely the drive the lane ties. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, he knows a lot about <laughs> about this show if he's asking me that question. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I haven't had to okay. watch, but I do. I am appreciative of you guys having me be the sponsor for the uh, music. Um, let's see. Yeah. How, how, what's the uh, most fucked up you've ever been on High Street? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, I know some things. <laughs> um, that's a great question. Uh, I, you know, being a student athlete at Ohio State, I did not, um, I, I, I never took a sip of alcohol in my four years, so. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, that's, that's, <laughs> and you live in Columbus now. So yeah, the real answer, the real answer is uh, three weeks ago. <laughs> oh, nice. Good to hear that. Oh, and then three, I guess three well, weeks yeah. ago, LeBron and Bronny were in town for a visit, and Joey was excited and got after it. Yeah, just oh. getting after it. How could you not? I mean, I feel like I've never been in the same city as LeBron, but I feel like I would just feel his energy if I was ever there. I've been in the same room as LeBron. Really? How's that? It doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I'm, not, I'm not, a, not as big of a LeBron fan as other guys. That's fair. Um, Andrew, I don't think I've ever called you Andrew. Zolden. Yes. You. Um, with the heartbreaker yesterday, uh, to the Jets, does it beg the question, the age-old question, is Joe Flacco elite? And will he hold on to the starting position even when Zach hooking up with mom's friend it's back? <laughs> uh, I don't think Joe Flacco is elite, but he's absolutely elite every time he plays the Browns, which yes. for a long time it was guaranteed twice a year, and now, of course, they – had to lose to him again. And I don't know the record. There could be some Browns fan out there that's like, he only won 62% of the games or 52%, like something like that. But he was pretty good. But to my knowledge, I've watched a lot of Browns games and I've watched the Browns lose to the Ravens a lot. So he's elite Fair. against the Browns. All right. That's a good answer. Uh, I guess last question for Andrew. Well, actually, Joe, you too. Do you ever have any Zeke run-ins? Because I fist bumped him back in the day in high school. You ever see Zeke while you're at school? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> my favorite Zeke story is he was known for uh, his Camaro that I'm sure he bought with his own money. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> and he would, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating, fly down the, the streets by the dorms all day long. It's like, dude, you don't go to class. You don't do, what do you, you're just, he is literally driving as fast as you possibly can down these like side mm -hmm. streets. Nice. And it's always like, oh, that's that's just Zeke. It's okay. You can do whatever he wants to do. That, that's what I remember most about Zeke. Well, that's Joey, good. Joey, we are, we are good at uh, driving really fast in St. Louis. So I'll, I'll give him that. Well, Joey, I don't know if you know this, but he was choosing between Mizzou and Ohio State because mm -hmm. his parents were athletes at Mizzou. Oh, so yeah. he had a lot of friends that went to Mizzou. And our sophomore year, Joey, he when he was a rookie – yeah, he was a rookie. Okay. Right now. He's my age. We heard a rumor that he was going to be at my house, which I've told you about my house, the bar. Yeah. And me and like three guys went like at noon to this bar that we heard he was coming to at night. And we wore jerseys and he came. He was there. And like snatching people's phones that were taking pictures of him. Ah. It, it was wild. Oh, it sounds wild. 
Yeah. <laughs> Did you ask him to sign to sign your jersey and take a picture of them? Say a single word to him. But people were like chanting MVP, and he didn't even win MVP. He didn't even win MVP that year. But he did. Lead. Offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, he did win offensive rookie of the year. In the I would say that Cowboys team when when Dak and Zeke were uh, rookies was pretty fun to watch. I mean, yeah. you know, fuck the Cowboys, but that was a fun team to watch. Yeah. I'll say that. Uh, I guess last question for you, Zoldan. Speaking of my house, am I going to see you in Columbia at all this summer? Como. Not summer. God, fuck. Summer's over this fall. Uh, I'm going to try to make at least one Como appearance. The date is to be determined. I'm hoping to get here for Mizzou, Kansas basketball, which I would love to. Oh, we did talk about that. Joey, too. Come on. So, Joey, pack your bags. We're going to Columbia. We're going to Columbia. I guess I'll ask you the preliminary question before basketball season. How do we feel about Dennis Gates? I want to get him on the pod. Because then we can have the current Mizzou coach on the pod because we had Conzo on. Joey, he was a good interview. Might be the kiss of death if we get a Missouri coach on. He might be gone in a year. True. Oh, damn! You guys got him fired. No, I think he had like two more years at Missouri after we. I was, had- in, I was in London when the Queen died. Oh, that's rough. Yeah. So it's definitely your fault. There's the drive the lane bump, and then there are the, the alternative. Danny, Danny, you're either going to get a record deal tomorrow, or your fantasy team's going to lose. One of the two. There's no in between. I mean, I mean, I mean, I. Yeah, already won. Pretty sure I won already. Oh, drive the lane bump. There you go. I, I mean, shit. I'm only up like a point and a half right now, so I need a little bit more from AJ and uh, Adam to uh, help me feel a little more comfortable. But I think we'll be all right. All right. Well, Danny, we appreciate you coming on. What, what are your your Instagram and Twitter handles so people can follow and listen? Uh, so Twitter, I haven't changed since like my end of high school, but cause my real name is Ellis. So it's, uh, L at L ombre, E L L underscore. Hombre. Uh, you know, cause I'm like the man and that's the man in Spanish. Just kidding. It's Albert Pujols, uh, on the chase for 700. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at Denny hella cool. Cause clearly if you couldn't tell by this interview, I'm hella cool. There we go. Everyone go download, stream Danny, the situation video coming out Friday. Uh, yeah. The oh, day yeah. before Ohio State pounds Wisconsin. Oh, it's going to be bad. Wisconsin, Badgers aren't looking good right now. <laughs> Paul Chris needs to figure it out. I feel like this happens a lot in Wisconsin. They've got real high hopes, and then they fall off, or they're really good, and then they lose in a bowl game. It's like the same thing every year. For the listeners who stuck around to the end of the second interview, there's your Ohio State-Wisconsin reference from today's interviews. So, <laughs> so, shout, so shout out to Danny for sticking it in. Danny, thanks for coming on. We'll talk soon. Hey, appreciate you guys having me. Go uh, go, Tigers. Drink's going to mix some cocktails up and figure it out down the rest of the road. Brady Cook and Luther is going to be a fucking – Amazing combo the rest of the way. I love it. It's officially a Mizzou pod, Joey. You're outnumbered. <laughs> That's hey, okay. Guys, Stroud and the Buckeyes, they got it. They're going to be dealing with the big time. 20 years allowed. We're good. <laughs> All right. We hope you enjoyed those interviews. We had plans to have this more of an Ohio State-centric episode, but here's the deal. It's not basketball season as much as we wish it was, and football's had three you know, relatively easy opponents. No offense, Notre Dame to start off the season. But after Wisconsin, we are officially in Big Ten football season. We'll be ramping up Ohio State football stuff. Joshua Perry hasn't been on the show yet. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Um, 
Tyvis Powell hasn't made his second, third, fourth appearance of the year yet. So they're coming. Joey, the last thing I want to ask you is not whether or not Bronny's going to go to Ohio State, but the question is, is Bronny going right to the NBA? What do you think? Um, no, I still think he's going to go to college. I think if he wanted to go, quote, unquote, straight to the NBA, he'd play in the, the he'd play on, like, overtime elite or playing the G league ignite team, but he doesn't want to do that. But now that it's getting accelerated a year, I mean, a team is absolutely going to use a pick on him. If it means LeBron's on your team, right? I wouldn't, but some teams would. Yeah. How early would you pick him? Cause I think is, I think LeBron is worth trading a second rounder. If you think about it, or it's true. He's worth trading a first rounder. If you think about it like that. Worth trading seven first rounders, but yeah. Um, no, what I'm saying, you would only have to trade one if all you have to do is draft Bronny. Right. And it's not even a trade. You're getting right using the pick. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, he'll be a second round pick, I bet. I don't think, I, I don't, oh my God, that's so, and so weird. That'll never, it'll never gonna happen. Get, ever. I'm going to get old takes exposed for this. Okay. Give me the number one pick in the draft. Not number one, but if he really is in the draft, two drafts from now, and LeBron is still pretty damn good, I think he's worth a top 15 pick to guarantee you LeBron. Yeah, he's a lottery pick. I agree to guarantee LeBron. I'm with you on that. That's crazy. All right. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Buckeyes. If you see me out tailgating... Give me a beer. Upside on the beat. Clocking out early, that's the dish I don't like. Been getting paid since I was riding on the bike. Hit the pedal with the eighth, hopping on the ninth flight. I've been chilling out of sight. I'll be at the bar tonight. Told the bartender, go and take my car to swipe. You try the same thing, but your car get declined. White rappers nowadays know we're not too hard to find. I'm so dapper with my ways, I'm gonna linger in your mind. Always told me good things, look, I'm too dull to our patient. But Riding bars in my basement I'm anxious in the real world It's time for me to say this The basics, the talent in my mind I can't waste it My life is too safe It's my time for it's taking I'm baking my mind Every day it's the same-ish Lazy, my grind needs to get a new facelift Coming from the underground And busting through the pavement Rock with it And lean with it My team winning My team winning Now rock with it And lean with it My team turn up when I spit it, I rock with it, and lean with it, my team with it, my team with it, now rock with it, and lean with it, my team turn up, when I spit it, don't think that I'm playing because I'm saving the game, and I said that I will be more because oh yeah that it's so raving, racing and pacing around all these lames in my lane, out my way, unless you're trying to pay me, not from the playpen, it's coming from the jungle, when you hear the bell, you better be Go ahead and spit some bars, but you're probably just gonna mumble. A lot of rappers these days really need to get them humble. Cause they think they at the top, they better stop before they stumble. Cause I'm swiping all their biddies while they swiping right on mumble. And your girl, he calls me daddy, but she only calls you uncle. But no, we not related, homie. No, we not some fam. You never get in clubs, you can't even get in sand. You never get in dubs like the Browns from the land. When push comes to shove, wave that towel in your